Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Welcome to another podcast, Six Degrees Within YGK. Today we have Coach James Morris on. Um, James, you're our longest running coach here, which also means you've been fired the most times here. So I think that's true. Yeah. More than Bryce. Yeah, more than Bryce. I think you've been fired around seventy-eight times, maybe something like that. Yeah, something like that. No, awesome. So how long have you been coaching here? I think I started in 2015 or 2016. Um, I don't know. I started in September one year in my third, second year of university. Second or third year of university, something like that. Um, yeah, and then I started coaching just Sundays. And then after that, picked up a little bit, started working the summers here, and then never left except for when the gym got shut down because of lockdowns. <laughs> I guess that's your biggest break from here, right? Yeah. No, um, so let's get into how you started coaching here. Or, like, how did you get into CrossFit? Because that's how you and I first met. Right. So I got into CrossFit. I worked, started working out in grade nine, but it was just, like, curls, bench press, um, the show muscles that I thought would make me good at football and rugby but didn't. Um, and then I was looking at pre-workouts on YouTube, and I saw this. It was because you got to take pre-workout if you're working out. And I saw this was BSN. I think their newest athlete was Rich Froning, and I had no idea who this was. I was like, this is pretty cool. This guy looks good. So I found some workout. It was a regional workout from way back in the day. It was like 100 pull-ups, 100 dumbbell snatches, 100 squats, something like that. I was like, this is stupid. This is easy. I'm going to go do this in my basement right now. So I went and did it and died. And I was like, oh. I like this. I like kind of dying and breathing really heavy. And then after that, I started mixing in what I thought was crossfit into my workouts, but it was always dumbbell snatches and pull-ups just all the time. So you were doing dumbbell snatches even before they became popular in crossfit? Yeah, <laughs> before they were in the open. Um, and that's like all I did for probably like six months. And then I saw this competition that was Wad for Toys in Brockville. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up and do this because, you know, I'm good at CrossFit because I can do these two movements. And I started releasing workouts, and I had never done half the movements. I had never done a front squat. I had never done a toes to bar. Which I'd, is funny because that's like the staple in all CrossFit. I know, I know. I know. So you're <laughs> going to hit those at least once in any, like if you go to any gym for a week, you're going to hit that. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, but I had no idea what they were, and I was like, crap, I had like one day to prepare. So I went to my parents' garage and did some front squats. Couldn't do them on my heels, but didn't really care. Figured out how to link toes to bar. Could do like a few double unders at a time. Um, and um, yeah, then I went to this competition and competed. Bob was there and I knew Bob through my sister who knew his brother Pete from Cairo. So Danae was there and introduced me to Pete. That's like four degrees of separation there. <laughs> yeah. So Danae introduced me to Pete, who introduced me to Bob, who was competing that day. Um, and Bob beat me 
in that competition. Yep, and I retired after that, and I go undefeated against you, I think. It's true, he does. Um, and then after that, um, I kind of hooked up with Bob a little bit. We talked. Um, I came to drop into the gym one day, and the first trial was free. So I worked out. I think they made fun of me because I did bench press superset with something else, and they were like, you don't do bench press in wads, and that was, that was, that was Dylan and Bob, by the way. Um, and then I couldn't really afford to come to the gym much, so my mom bought me a punch pass for Christmas one year, um, and I would come the odd time, um, but I didn't want to use them all up because I couldn't buy another punch pass. And then Bob was like, why don't you mop my floors, and you can come work out here. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I'll mop the floors and work out at the gym. So I started mopping floors, um, started getting more into CrossFit, figuring out kind of how to do everything, um, all the different movements, all the wads, figured out what the open was, signed up for that. Um, was that your first open? That yeah, so the 10? year after, wad for toys. I would have been in grade 12 maybe, maybe first year university. That was my first open, um, and I did that here. Um, no, I remember that because I'm going to jump in a little story here because <laughs> I remember you're like, how much do I owe for coming in to do this workout here or doing the open here? I was like, oh, oh fuck, I'm not going to charge you, man. Like, you're just starting out and stuff like that. Really, you just come in. We're just providing a judge. So I was like, hey, just just buy me a case of beer, right? Because I'm thinking like Bob's currency here. Just buy me a case of beer. And I remember you looking at me, he's like, okay, yeah, that's no problem. You, you had that grin, and you're like, can we wait till the open's done? I was like, oh, sure, I don't care. He's like, because that's when I turned 19. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot, I about, forgot that. about that. story. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot I paid you with beer. Um, yeah, that was my first open, and I died. It was, I don't even know what the workouts were. Um, but then after that, I think that first open was then after that, that's when I really started to get into CrossFit and train. And I was like, I want to compete and do this. Um, so then I slowly started working here a little bit, training more. Um, still trained at home because we had a home gym. Um, but I'd kind of flip, depending on my school schedule, flip between here and flip between here and training um, at home. Um, and then I started training twice a day because I was like, I got to kind of... Um, at that point, people were starting to train more to actually be good at the sport. Um, so I started training a lot and then uh, started competing more, competing around here, traveling to compete a little bit. Um, gone down to the States a few times, to Toronto, um, Ottawa, all those places to compete. Now, what made you want to compete? Like, what was like, man, this is cool. I want to do some competitions. What, what was like the – because everyone – like – did you just kind of see some workouts online? You thought this would be kind of fun? Like, what was the, the thought process in that? Yeah, uh, I sucked at everything else. Um, I played rugby in high school and swam competitively. was never really good at anything, but I liked being competitive. And CrossFit was something that you could just kind of work really hard, grind at, and get pretty good at everything, not really good at everything, but you would do really well in the sport if you could kind of be a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none sort of thing. Um, so and I, I, I liked the workouts. I enjoyed coming in, sweating, grinding, dying. Um, and so I figured why not compete? And that could be kind of like my competitive outlet would be CrossFit. And through university, I figured it would be a good, good thing to do instead of doing a varsity sport with, with the university. Um, 
So he, he mentioned he did a few competitions. Um, he went down to the States for one. That was Syracuse, right? No, Rochester. Rochester, yeah. yeah. It was Rochester. He went to Toronto, Ottawa, Collingwood for a couple. And then where was the other one? North. Um, There's one in Hamilton. And then the other one was in Keswick. There was. Yeah, uh, there we go. Yeah. Now, of all those competitions, what was probably the most fun that you had at one and what was probably like the hardest competition you did? Um, so the one in Keswick was Anchor Fest. Um, I went to do that. There was bigger money on the line, that sort of thing. I was like, oh, this will be good. There's bigger names competing. That was probably the most fun because that was the first time I competed with guys that were at like a really high level. A lot of regional athletes were competing there to get the money, I think, more than anything. Just real quick, regional athletes being? Uh, Josh Gervais was there, Tyler Lee. Um, I forget some of the other names. Um, just real quick, just in case, because regional competition is kind of old there, a couple of years back. So regional competitions would have been the second phase going to the CrossFit Games, because you do the Open, then you do regionals, and that's if, and then you go into the Games. And regionals were, there was one in North, North? I think Northeast. We northeast. were connected to somewhere in the States, like the Northern, we were connected to New England, New York those states, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then like Quebec, and, and then there was one on Western. Okay, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, so that competing with them was the most fun. That's when I kind of realized I can compete at this level and because doing online competitions is different or other ones traveling around. Um, that was like I can actually compete at this level and maybe um, do well or do decent anyways. Um, and the hardest one or the worst one I've done is probably – one in Collingwood one year. Because um, you did two in Collingwood. Yeah, competed there twice. Um, and it was, I don't even know if the competition was hard. It was a super hot day. It was Georgian Bay. We did a swimming wad. And the water was like ice. And I just, coming out of the water, we had to swim like 300 meters and then come and do, I think, like eight burpee muscle-ups. And it was rounds of that. And I thought I was going to pass out from the temperature change the whole time. And then... Just the rest of the competition, I was just so lightheaded, and that was just the hardest thing I've had to kind of grind through without quitting, really, or wanting to quit. Just kind of, yeah, getting through that. No, I remember that, because that was the second year you went? Cause yeah. Because the, the other year was like a bracket style, where you go up against somebody, and if you lose, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, and after, and this is all if you do online qualifiers, right? Yeah. So I remember in that second competition, I was going to actually bring this up, and I remember one point when you, I think it must have been one of the last workouts, but there was power snatches. It was 95 pounds. Oh, yeah, burpee box jumps or something like that? Yeah, and like yeah. it was kind of like you just had to go. And I remember like 95 pounds. That was relatively like compared to your one rep max snatch, right? Yeah. And, and so that would even be like 30%. And that's something that like at the point – you should have been able to cycle it, but I remember you doing singles, and I was like, James, just pick up the barbell, like do five reps, and you're <laughs> yeah. just doing one. You're just doing one. And I was like, this is like kind of your thing there. And I remember that, and I think that was, a, in my opinion, seeing you, that was a big moment for you because that kind of showed, like not trying to pick on you, but kind of showed your weakness in doing more endurance stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think after that, coming back, you were like, let's get you on a running program. Um, started running, rowing, endurance, that sort of thing, so that it would translate over into wads. 
um, competing and moving forward. Yeah. Because, um, like, you were known for your strength, right? And, like, because even in some of the CrossFit Open workouts and all that, if there's a heavy snatch, that was your game. That was your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like lifting. Yeah. yeah. And then over time, you started, um, like, you, like, anything heavy, you got, like, especially shoulder stuff. <clears throat> Deadlift. Um, yeah, deadlift and back squat, not so much. <laughs> but Olympic lifting and overhead stuff was always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you were like you could this and you could hit volume at that too, right? Like you could hit like ninety ninety five percent of your one rep max snatch and like any day of the week, right? Yeah. And to me, that was always super impressive because I have to wait for all the stars in the line and <laughs> eight perfectly yeah. healthy just to hit like eighty percent of the. Deal. Um, it's because you're old. Yeah, exactly. The, the joints can't handle it. But um, but then you switched over, starting to become a more endurance athlete, right? And, like, I will say now, you are known for your endurance workouts. Now, how was that mind shift? Like, how did that all play out? Did, like, because CrossFit's a strength endurance sport, especially when you do competitions, right? And all, like, unless you're doing one rep max, like, it's rare to – Unless you're in the elite competitions, it's rare to get, like, a three-minute workout. And usually they're, like, eight minutes, ten minutes. Those are the shorter. And then you go towards the 20-minute. So what was kind of, like, their transformation, like, in my opinion, like, your identity change going from always a strength athlete going over to an endurance athlete in sports? So I guess after the beach wad, um, when you paid for a running program for me to do, um, I started getting into running a little bit more, rowing, hated it. Um, but did it because I thought it would still make me kind of a better athlete. And then over time, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long or the transition, but over time I started to just like the endurance. I think it was kind of the mental need to just kind of suck it up, shut my brain off, and grind. Um, and then so I started dabbling with that a little bit more, um, rowing, running. Um, tried to do that a few times a week, um, going to the track, hopping on the rower. Um, got a biker, started biking um, in the basement a little bit. And then uh, a bike, in 2019, a bike race came up. It was a 160-kilometer race. And I was like, oh, I think that would be like a good mental and physical challenge to do this. So I signed up. I was like, oh, I don't own a bike. So I had to borrow my sister's friend's bike to do this bike race. Um, so I went out, I think, twice before the race on to bike. And I was like, okay, I think maybe I can do this. So then I went and did the bike race. And it was terrible. Everything cramped up. Didn't obviously do my hydration, nutrition right. Um, well, because probably the longest workout you'd done before that would have been like... An hour, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. how long did this take? This was just under six. Um, so, so a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. yeah, six hours of constant spinning on the, the pedals. Um, and... I was good for about four, and then I just, my hamstrings started to spasm. Everything started to cramp up, but I would slowly, I'd finish it. I'd bike a little bit. I'd have to stop, bike a little bit, have to stop. Um, there were some stations along the way with, like, electrolytes and bananas and chocolate bars and stuff, so you'd stop and eat a little bit. Um, but I, it sucked during, but as soon as I finished, I was like, I like this. This is, it's, it's a good mental challenge for me to kind of do. Um, I enjoyed doing it, and as much as I hated it, I enjoyed doing it. Um, so then I started cycling a little bit more. I bought a bike, um, bought a gravel bike and a road bike to just kind of switch things up and do that. And then I started running, um, going to the track, running. I was like, oh, I'll run a 
half marathon. So I ran, I think, a couple of those. And well, then you did a half marathon on a track. I did a full marathon a on full a track. Marathon so I did, I did a couple halves, and then I was like, I want to run a 30K. So I ran 30, and again, hamstrings spasmed. Couldn't walk. Had to call my sister to come get me, drive me home, because it was like two kilometers from my house, and I couldn't walk home. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Um, but then I was like, it's because I woke up, I went out, and I ran. I didn't have any water, carbs, any of that. No, you kind of got to prepare for that. It's yeah. not like just going, doing a regular gym session, right? Yeah. So then I think a week later, I was like, oh, I want to run a marathon, but I can't do it how I did it before. I need food. I need drinks. So I was like, I'm just going to do it at a track. So I went to a track, brought my food and everything, and I just ran 105 and a half laps around the track, but that way I had my water, I had my food, I could stop, could eat like a little bit of something, swig back some um, carbs or electrolytes or whatever, and then keep going. And that was the biggest like mental grind I've ever done was just running circles. Oh man, now did you run the same direction every time or did you switch? No, I switched every like 800 or 1600 meters or so just to, so that my hips didn't oh, yeah, cramp up. 105 laps doing left-hand turns I guess that's like a <laughs> yeah. NASCAR race right yeah so then uh after that I was weak couldn't lift I was snatched went way down squatting way down so I still like the endurance stuff but I was like I want to kind of find a balance of everything um so I still like run and swim and bike um but I still come in and lift I make sure I'm doing CrossFit once maybe twice a week I'm doing like actual wads but I'm still doing my lifting to kind of stay strong and stay healthy and um, for me right now, it's been about finding balance with the endurance because then I still get that kind of mental grind, which is what I enjoy about the endurance. Um, but then I still get to do the, the strength stuff to like keep up and can still come in and do a CrossFit workout with um, everyone at the gym and stuff like that. So Now, when you do your strength stuff now, because before, like when you were training for like doing the CrossFit competitions, you would do like hit your snatch weight, Right, and then you do your drop sets of like touch and go and stuff like that. So what does your strength work look now? Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Um, I haven't Olympic lifted much just because the gym's been closed inside. Um, finally got to do some clean and jerks today, which was really nice. Um, but uh, so it's a lot of like I'll do right now so that I don't get sore during my training. I do full body, like bodybuilding-ish workouts every day. So I might do, like, for my legs, squats. I might do, like, a 4 by 5 or a 5 by 5 squat. And then I'll go into, like, some bench press. might be higher reps, um, less sets. And then rows, shoulder stuff, um, core arms, that sort of thing. Um, just to kind of stay healthy, hit a little bit of everything. I do that three or four days a week um, as my lifting. So it's definitely not the same as doing CrossFit. Um, oh, for sure. And, like, CrossFit's, like... It's a different beast, right? Like, like say if you're training for a triathlon, they spend a lot of miles, a lot of time getting miles in, right? In CrossFit, you got to work on, there's a lot more skills, right? Versus just heavy lifting and then um, and just like doing really hard workouts. Like you have to work on being able to handstand walk to the snatches and things like that. So, and that's why CrossFit can be a little daunting, in that sense, because there's so much to work on, and then triathlons, because I'm just saying triathlons, because you're talking about yeah. the, all that stuff there, and that can be daunting, because you have to put so much mileage practicing those three sports, right? Now, if you had to look back at your, we're going to jump back to CrossFit here, if you had to look back at CrossFit, and you had a chance to redo it all, 
Let's start from the beginning there. What would be something you would do different in terms of training or like overall health, like your approach to the competitions and stuff? Um, yeah, a few things. Um, in terms of training, I would start doing like a running or rowing program right away just to build that base of fitness, not like super endurance or anything, just like half an hour, a few days a week um, to build that aerobic base, which is going to help with pacing workouts, um, being able to kind of just move through, um, know when your heart rate's at certain beats per minute that you can keep going and push this hard, which I think is important in competitions. Oh, for sure. I think it, it, like if you're going to compete, you should be doing well, what you and I would call it cyclical. Like you should just be doing endurance where it's just pure endurance where you just work on your cardiovascular, like yeah. just your heart rate, right? Now, you can't just have that as your only way of doing endurance for CrossFit workouts because you do need to do the mixed modal, like CrossFit stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You need to do like their EMOMs of biking and superset with skipping and burpees and all that stuff. Um, but building that base is really important and it's not the what people call like the sexy stuff. People don't want to do it because it's just, um, it's boring. But it's really important, I think, and I think you're starting to see that more with like professional CrossFit athletes is how important their track sessions are and their um, rowing sessions. Oh, for sure. And if you do look up some of their programs, they are doing um, like one day a week at least of just running, especially if they're going to the games because there's always running the games. Yeah. One day a week of just rowing and like where it's just pure cyclical where it's like a long, sweaty session. And then another day where it's like speed work of like, say if running, like working on like trying to get faster at 100 meters not like speed work of doing 800 meter repeats because that's not speed work but like nothing more than 400 meters right? yeah yeah i would definitely that would be one big thing that i would change would be doing something like that um and taking the time setting it aside whether it's early in the morning or whatever um to get that endurance work in um and then i would we mentioned strength squat and deadlift just that brute strength i would take time to get that up too because um, that turns over into everything from even just joint health mobility but to all your other lifts being able to like clean and jerk um snatch that sort of stuff i always had good numbers in those lifts but i was always weaker in my um, other big lifts um squat and deadlift so i would take the time to get that up which would mean less endurance less metcons um and eat a lot just to build the strength but I never wanted to do that because I never wanted to stop doing the like CrossFit stuff the sexy stuff yeah exactly <laughs> so I would I would do those two like more boring things but I think those are super important and then the other thing I would do would be um I would have ate better I didn't really understand food as fuel for your body um so I would have I started kind of at the end of when I was competing measuring my food that made a huge difference and then COVID started and then I didn't get to do any of the competitions um, but uh, I don't think everyone should weigh their food all the time but I think people should kind of know what they're doing and putting in their body so they can at least eyeball it to eat it because I think that does make a big difference with how you feel during a workout especially competing how to like get through a day of competition um, and not crash at the end because you always hear this like protein protein but that's not going to help you in a competition setting sort of thing so actually knowing different macros and how they're going to help you i think i would have wanted to do that um early on too yeah i think that's the biggest thing because i remember like when you started eating a lot more like started working with cheryl there um no i think that's one of the biggest um in the terms of anyone trying to do more volume when they're trying to lose weight and stuff like that, 
or it doesn't really matter what they're doing. I think at the end of the day, they should know how they're feeling their body. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And when they're doing that, like once you start to learn that, then you're going to learn why, like when people get that, like 2 p.m. crash, they're like, yeah, I haven't ate much today. I'm tired and stuff like that. I think that's such a huge game changer for everyone. Um, and then when you mentioned like on game day, like doing your CrossFit competition, um, knowing how to eat or knowing how to eat the day before, because it's more important what you eat the day before to fuel your body for that workout, right? Yeah. Um, cause I noticed there were days, let's say four or five events in a day and there would have been competitions where the first few events went great. And then I knew the last events hypothetically should have been okay events for me, whether they were good or bad, it doesn't matter, but I couldn't dig to that like deep place and go. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with just not having the proper fuel in my body to do that. So when you say the proper fuel, like, what do you mean by that? Like, how did you change it? Like, what exactly did you start doing? Um, I was eating, well, I started eating just a lot more in general. I went from, I don't know how much I ate before, but I when I was lots actually bananas, measuring. Lots of bananas and peanut butter before. Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of higher fat, um, high protein. I always ate a lot of, probably ate too much protein. And then I switched to like a really high, high carb diet and I was eating um, about, 4,300 or so calories a day. Still eat about that much. Um, but it was all... 4,300 calories. About that. Yeah. Between like 3,800 and 4,300 is what I try to get in. No, I just want to make sure people hear that because a lot of people are like, yeah, um, I'm only trying to eat 1,800 calories and they'll be training for a marathon and they're running five days a week. Yeah, I would say them. they definitely need to eat more food. <laughs> um, and I started eating, yeah, I started eating a lot more and a lot more carbs. I don't even know. I was like 400-some grams of carbs a day. Um, and it just was amazing to me how much better I felt doing workouts. And like day-to-day, -day, I didn't get the crashes in the middle of the day, that sort of thing. But um, from a competition standpoint, um, felt a lot better. Yeah, no, um, no. I just want to go over because I know how much you eat, and I think I brought that up to. Um, so we coach the Ice Wolves here. Like Ice Wolves is the provincial women's hockey league, which is like eighteen and under. So basically, like the high school girls, um, like the highest tier of hockey. The way they do it, they'll play like, well, not. We're not going to talk about during COVID because it was different, but during the end season, they would play like two games a week. And then they'll skate three times a week, and then they would come into the gym about two times a week, and then they're doing schoolwork, right? Now, if you start thinking about, like, how much that is, like, in terms of exercise, so each day they're probably exercising at some point, either hockey or working out or something, like, about two hours, maybe three hours a day, because some of them did, like, double ice times and shooting and stuff like that, and maybe just one day off a week. And these are probably about 17-year-old girls, and a lot of them would be eating about 1,200 to 1,400 calories. Because there is that misconception of like, hey, if I eat more, I'm going to gain weight and stuff like that. You're like, no, you need to eat carbs to fuel your body. And it was a constant battle. And the same thing with like the boys too. Like we had some of the boys, I remember, like, you know, Jack Duff and them. I remember it was like, you guys need to start eating. I took Jack to uh, All You Can Eat Sushi spot one time and he had like four rolls i was like no we're not leaving here until like <laughs> yeah. you feel like you're going to puke and you feel like crap i was like that's how like i'm not like 
I wasn't trying to make him puke, but it's like this is you need to be eating because if you're going to work hard on the ice and then work hard in the gym, like that's like a double session, right? It would be like you training for CrossFit, doing like a workout in the morning, workout in the evening. It's the same thing, right? Or the, like time domains. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm just not kind of hungry. You're like, if you're training for performance, you have to start eating. You can't yeah, it doesn't matter like, if you're hungry. You just force it in and, yeah. or drink it. It's a good way to get extra food in. Oh, for sure. And like, especially like at the end of the night, you're like, I still need a little bit more protein. And yeah, that's why you start like drinking um, like protein shakes and stuff like that. It's always best to try and get it naturally. Yeah. But um, no, and like there's times when I know I don't eat enough. Like I talk about that all the time. I never eat enough. I do need to eat because some days I try and get at least 3,500 calories and like I'll be lucky if I hit 3,000. Yeah. Right? But there's times where like because I go through phases of weighing my food and where I don't like like you said, you shouldn't always weigh your food, but you should do checks like audits, self-audits um, where you weigh your food for like a couple weeks to make sure you're still in check. But there will be times I'll be like, man, I still need 1,000 calories i still need to hit like 100 carbs it'll be like eight o'clock at night and it's the worst feeling right <laughs> yeah like, you, I know. You're, just, you're just like okay let's find rice put oatmeal little, rice oh yeah. yeah like put a little soy sauce on the rice or oatmeal like i'm not an oatmeal person i always always had trouble with that but then like you don't want to hit any more fat so like it like it does take a lot of work and i think that's why a lot of people don't want to go down that like down yeah that yeah it takes effort but i find once you do it and you do it for even like a month it starts to become like second nature. You can kind of see what things are, and becomes a habit. Yeah, and it's not like you need to be like anal about everything. You can go out and still eat, um, but it's still good to, for especially for performance. Uh, if you're just eating intuitively, that's fine too. Um, but for athletes looking, especially like ice wolves, hockey players, football players, if you're looking to especially gain weight or whatever, um, knowing what you're eating and how to eat a lot is important. I think. Yeah, and, like, you can't just eat, like, the same things over, too. Like, I always found, like, the more diverse you eat your food. Yeah, I'm not good with that. I try I try to eat it. Sarah tries to make sure that I eat a very, at least lunch and suppers, but, like, I would eat the same thing every day, all day. See, I can't. I can't do that. I have to try, I try and switch it up, like. Um, like even if I have eggs three days in a row, I'm like, by the third day, I'm like, this is so boring. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm getting pumel bacon here. I'm like, I have to switch it up. Yeah, no, I'm not like that. I've eaten, I eat egg wraps. Every time so I have two wraps, I put Primal Kitchen Chipotle mayo on it with egg whites and a little bit of Parmesan cheese. And I've eaten that every day for like a few months now, at least. And it's so good still. Oh man, I see. I'll be going nuts. Now, going back into the competitions there, when we get people coming in wanting to do CrossFit and stuff like that, what is something that you see a lot of people that you think they need to work on? And way I'm kind of wording this is like, if you're like, there's a couple movements that you think people should do more of, what would that be to kind of help them become a better overall athlete? Is this... Um like someone who wants to come in and compete or just the general client coming in wants to be healthier and get better at CrossFit um, so they can be better, essentially. Uh, Let's go general. Let's do that. Squats. Squats? Yeah, I think that, well, I would say everyone needs to focus on something like a squatting movement. Um, It makes you stronger as a person. I think it makes you a better athlete. Um, It'll translate into everything. 
people talking about wanting to get stronger, core strength, get more toned, whatever. Um, squats are going to be one movement. Weighted squats, not just body weight squats, like barbell back squats, front squats, are going to be one movement that I think personally is going to help with everything from aesthetics to athletics to um, health and ability to perform. Okay, interesting. See, I, for me, I would say the strict pull-up. Yeah, that's a good one too, especially for people come in and want to do gymnastics. They see people doing toes-to-bar, muscle-ups, that sort of thing. Um, and I think starting with like a learning how to do good strict pull-ups is important too. Well, for sure. And I always found that like people who want to get better at like butterfly pull-ups, once they get fatigued in a workout, like, oh, I just can't do them today. Their technique will be there, but they just have trouble with doing the, hey, there's someone there. Um, they just have trouble doing um, strict pull-ups. And at the end of the day, I always found that it always comes down to strength, right? And they always burn out. The re- and the other reason I think for strict pull-ups is because everyone wants to do them, right? You get any new member coming into the gym or anyone coming into the gym, you ask them like, hey, what's something you want to work on? And they're like, I don't know, I don't know. So you start throwing some movements out at them and be like, hey, let's get you back squatting like two times your body weight. Some people are like, uh, not so much. Some other people would be like, yeah. Talking about, hey, let's increase your snatch. Let's talk about um, running your 5K faster. A lot of people will say no to all of those things. But if you said to anyone, be like, let's get you doing more strict pull-ups, I think everyone will be like, yes. I just find it's the one movement that everyone can benefit from and that anyone can be, um, everyone can get on board for. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And I'm a big believer um, personally that you need to, I think everyone should be able to do strict pull-ups before they get into butterfly pull-ups, that sort of thing, just because it does build that um, kind of strength throughout the shoulders and that upper body strength that they need so that you don't get injured um, moving into getting into the more complex gymnastics movements. Oh, for sure. And, like, the, for someone who's trying to learn how to do, like, a butterfly pull-up, now if they can't do a strict pull-up, then all of a sudden you start throwing gravity because when you do a butterfly on the way down, gravity's pulling your body weight down, so therefore more weight on your shoulders is coming down, right? So say if you weigh 100 pounds, I don't know exact math on this, but then you start coming down, like, you, you with gravity, it's going to be, like, 130 pounds are going to be pulling down on your shoulders. If you don't have strong enough shoulders to do that, that's how it can lead to a shoulder injury. Yeah, I agree, totally. And then when you start getting into muscle-ups, that sort of thing, uh, you need that base, essentially, of just strength and stability to do things injury-free. Yeah, and then the one thing with pull-ups, I always do find with strict pull-ups, too, is that it helps posture, and it can translate over to, like, squatting and stuff like that. I agree with you on the squatting. I just, I also think pull-ups, it would be my thing, too. Yeah, I think... If you're looking at them both, I think pull-ups are a good general base for kind of upper body getting into the gymnastics, um, being proficient in that. And I would say squats are the good, like, lower body starting to get into Olympic lifting, getting into even heavy, uh, heavier squats, heavier deadlifts. You need that base of, like, a good squat, the same way you need the base of a good pull-up. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, you're, you're kind of like me in a sense – you're a lot of self-taught and when it comes to training and learning and through um, interest and obsession when you're learning how to do all this stuff, like say with endurance or when you're doing CrossFit, what have been some major influences that 
or you're always going to take with you that helped you train? Like looking back at like some big names or programs and things like that, like where are some major, the biggest influences? Where? Um, I think starting it was Rich Froning because he was like the name of CrossFit and that's kind of how I first got into it because I saw him working out in a video. Um, so I'd look more, I didn't really know any other CrossFitters, so I'd look more into him. Um, I saw like some similarities in terms of like faith, Christianity, that sort of thing. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I like this guy. Um, and then I'd get into, he talk, didn't talk a ton about how he trained because he was competing at the time, so they like to keep that hush-hush. Um, but I'd still kind of watch their like Instagram. They'd throw up videos, coaches they work with, Chris Hinshaw, um, other coaches that kind of helped them out. And that's how I kind of learned just by watching videos of like Rich Froney and Dan Bailey um, working out. And that's how I learned how to do the movements. I had no idea how to snatch, no idea how to clean and jerk. I just self-taught. I'd videotape myself and then I'd be like, okay, now I've got to go watch a CrossFitter do it. I didn't even know Olympic lifting was really a thing in the Olympics. I just knew that, cro <laughs> I just knew that CrossFitters did it. They're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I learned that. Butterfly pull-ups, I just, I could always do strict pull-ups from working out in high school. Um, butterfly pull-ups, I just kind of locked myself in my garage and learned butterfly pull-ups, learned muscle-ups, um, just because I wanted to be like these, or be able to do the same things that these people that I saw on YouTube were doing. And then when I started actually kind of working out in the gym, it was you really working out with Bob and Pete and seeing everything that these other guys could do. And that was kind of my influence moving forward was how... Um, other people trained as well. And I always did like to do my own thing. I really like working out alone. Um, but um, learning from you guys in person was big. And then Dylan, when I got to know Dylan a little better, um, working out with him and how he trained, really good at gymnastics, like doing gymnastics with Dylan because I felt like it made me a better gymnast. Um, so, yeah. Okay. No, no, that's interesting, especially on the Rich Froning thing too, right? Yeah, I was a fanboy. Yeah. Well, like, and I think with him, like, the amount of volume that they do, right? Him and his, like, entourage that they do, and everyone's like, oh, I want to train that much, and they put in a lot of miles. Oh, yeah, they work, and they work out, like, four times a day. They do wads, they lift, they do more wads, they go to the track, or they go to the pool, and they do another wad. And, like, he had, like, a team around him. Some guys would only do one or two workouts with him, and then, like, the next group of guys who would come in and do workouts with them. He just constantly kept rotating people through them. And that's one thing that I think he, he was very different than all the other games athletes, that he did basically CrossFit nonstop. Yeah. And everyone else was like, okay, it's the off-season. I'm just going to do um, weightlifting or, like, powerlifting, so squat, deadlift, bench, and just work on, like, bodybuilding. And then they'll cycle into start doing endurance stuff. They all do – like, they cycle it, right? Like, um, Rich Froner was like, no, I just do CrossFit every day, all day. Yeah, and I think that's what, I don't know if I liked that or if I did that because I saw him doing that. Um, but that's kind of how I trained for a while was just doing, I'd lift and do wads and then lift again and do wads. And I repeat. And, like, the one the one things I remember this year, the quarterfinals and the Masters and then the, uh, after the CrossFit Open there was um, GHD sit-ups. And I think he just dominated that workout because there was GHD sit-ups, pistols, and rope climbs. 
Um, if you did all the GHD setups, I forget how many there would have been. It was a ton. I, I don't remember like the number either. Like say 30, right? Yeah. And that screwed up a lot of people, right? If you finished the workout. Yeah. Like, and they were like this wrecked for like days after. And he and Rich Froning was like, nope, I'm not that wrecked. Because he would do two days a week of workouts, two workouts a week that would include about 150 GHD setups. Yeah, just crazy volume. Yeah, and he was able to hit that crazy volume, and everyone else wasn't used to that, so that's why he was able to walk away from that, no problem. Yeah, like I wouldn't recommend to anybody to train like that, but I think that it does help when you get into competitions, you're recovering for the next events, because it's just another normal day of you just go in, you hit a high-volume workout, and you're like, okay, when's the next high-volume workout, and you're good to go. Yeah, and I and well, his full-time job is to work out. Right, yes. And he has a team of people constantly helping him take care of his body, like chiropractor to, like, nutritionist and stuff like that. And I think for the average person like you and me, doing two workouts a week with 150 GHD sit-ups, I just don't think that would be. Yeah, <laughs> there was a point. I know this sounds sad, but when I was younger, like early, early 20s, that my body could recover faster. Um but, you know, the ripe old age of 25, it just doesn't recover as fast anymore. <laughs> Wait till you're 36. Yeah, I know, I'm going to die. Well, like, because I, I can't do two really hard days in a row. I can't. And I just found, like, over time that that always wrecked me. If I do one really hard CrossFit, and then the next day I'll do, like, more endurance stuff. And that's how I have to do it. And I think everyone's a little bit different. Everyone kind of has to play around, right? Um, there's times where I do like two, three days in a row of doing hard crossword workouts. By the third day, I'm like, I can't wait for a day off. Like, yeah. I oh, yeah. I know you need your rest muscle. day to just yeah. do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's why there's some people that are like, no, I can kind of go hard every day. I'm like, I can't. Maybe they're just. Yeah, I can't anymore. Maybe it's because I'm more endurance focused now, but I couldn't give that intensity every day. I would just, I don't know if mentally I'd fall apart, but my body would just not be able to push to that capacity well you're not you're a competitive person so if we you and i we jumped into class you and i we're going to push it so we're going to like we're going to go hard right yeah we're going to push each other then we did like three days in a row we're not used to that but i think by the third day we'll be <laughs> yeah i think we'll be so pretty yeah. zonked right and i'm not saying like you have to compete when you're in a class or anything like that but you and i because that's what we yeah oh class, yeah we are going to push hard against yeah. each other and i think that will yeah, that'll wreck us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Okay. So, any other news coming up? Any planning for any other big events coming up here or endurance? Not really. I was signed up for an Ironman, um, but that got canceled last year, and then it got canceled again this year. Um, so, I don't really know. Just kind of playing it by ear, just working out, trying to do whatever, keep up on endurance and strength, and then if something comes up, I'll... Sign yeah. up and do it. Would you do another full marathon in an actual race setting? I don't know. I might do another one this year around the track again. Um, See, that's why I was asking because I was like, I think that would be a little bit more interesting than doing around a track. But yes, it would be. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm not a fast runner or anything, but I like to just kind of grind through runs. Um, maybe I'd do a marathon. I'd rather do it in like an Ironman setting where you're doing the swim, the bike, and then you're running a marathon after. Do you think you would do a triathlon before you do the Ironman, or would you jump right to the uh, Maybe do a half a 70.3 Ironman, which is a 2K swim, 90K bike, and then a 21K run. 
No, your sister, she does. She does triathlons, yeah. yeah. Is she still competing in them? Yeah, so she was on Team Canada for the Olympic distance um, tries. And then she bumped up in an age group, and now she's at the bottom of her age group. So she's trying to figure out if she wants to go like pro Ironman or if she wants to focus on Olympic distance and then maybe um, focus on maybe doing the Olympic trials in the next four years or so. And this is your twin sister? Yeah, this is my twin. Now, do you guys ever um, train together? Yeah, and I die every time I train with her. Yeah. <laughs> we swim together and bike together, and she's, yeah, she's an endurance athlete for sure. But she's been doing this for decades, so. Decades at the age of 25? She's, yeah, she probably started when she was, like, 10. Okay, so. okay, I guess that's fair. I was going to say, for decades, that would be, like, at the age of okay, five. Okay, a decade and a half. <laughs> But you're not, you're not running with her yet? No. Maybe. I Maybe a track workout where it doesn't look like she's as ahead of me as she is, but definitely not like a long run. We'll just do a track workout with her, and then after you guys have to go hit the weight room. Yeah, I know. We've done that once, and she never wanted to do it again, so I don't know. <laughs> just got to even out the playing field. No, awesome, James. That was great. Thanks for jumping in. Love yeah, no worries. Love to on another one sometime soon, man. Okay, sounds good. All right, cheers. Thank you.